welcome to another episode of Eat, Chit, and Dice, a fortnightly podcast about board games and sometimes food. I'm Jondi, and with me, as always, is... It's me, Jared. Hello. So what are we talking about this week, Jared? Um, uh, well, what do you want to talk about, Jondi? Do you well, want to talk about the thing that we're supposed to be talking about, or do you want to go off the let's rails? Let's just make something up. Completely. All right. No, um, Welcome to another episode of looking at games where we look at a game and say well that's still in shrink wrap and you go yep it's just for looking <laughs> well, not for playing there'd be a lot of games on both of our lists that are still in shrink that's wrap. right that and should be an episode in itself <laughs> anyway this episode is number episode 50 yeah, the, the small five zero because we're yeah. not doing a self uh, celebratory no no so this episode is no. i'll be home for dot 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 gaming yeah, it's um, a Christmas and winter themed games because why not name it something dumb that is kind of like a dumb Christmas song is what you wrote. That is exactly <laughs> what I wrote because we always have to read what dumb thing we wrote. So we can start right in, Jared. Um, what game do you want to talk about first? Well, um, the uh, the list of games that we have here, the first one that we're, uh, we're going to talk about is a worker placement game. Um, who makes this game? Um, I'm not entirely sure. Hmm. But I can look that up. Yeah. It is made by Rio Grande. Mm-hmm. Okay. I t- totally didn't remember that. I but yep, there did it not is. either, but I do really like this game. It's called Santa's Workshop. Yep, and um, we only get to play it like once a year because it's silly to play it other times a year. Right. Like you could play it other times you of the could. year, but why would you do that? I mean, there's nothing, it's not like it's a bad game, but it's just a sort of extremely generic worker placement game with a very specific christmas theme. i think they did a good job of making it fit with the theme though mm-hmm. well there's um, also a sub story about the easter bunny that's trying to sabotage which i thought was hilarious it's not this is nowhere in the rule book but if you look at all the card art and you look at the board there's definitely a easter bunny that's trying to sabotage yeah. christmas mm-hmm. and that's actually pretty funny um the components in the game are, are pretty good it's got like really cute little like elf elves in it elf and i think meeples. if i remind, remember right there are actually elf meeples in it um, I haven't looked at the game in a while, but yeah. I'm hoping that I'll get a chance to play it before the Christmas season is over. So is we that did, a hint? Is it that a... is maybe a hint. Huh. It is my hope that we will maybe play this. Huh. Um, it's 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 a really cute game. the The board is all the different rooms at Santa's workshop, and you can do different things in the rooms. There's a uh, stable where all the reindeer are. Yeah, and you collect reindeer poop from there. You do not. You feed what? the reindeer. And what are the brown cubes then? Look, it, it, look, 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 look at this board. Look, if you go mm-hmm. to this one reindeer, you get two brown cubes. Um, I believe that was one of the resources. If you, you go need. to it's this, wood. That's wood. Uh-huh. If you go to this reindeer, you get a silver cube. If you That's go to, like stone or yeah. something. If you or go metal, to this reindeer, metal. you get a yellow cube. That's I don't know plastic. what that one's been eating. I think that one was plastic. All I'm saying is, why do these reindeer have this resource? Why Why is it that going to the reindeer gets you the resource? I'm you, You're collecting reindeer poop. If I remember right, there was a reason for that. Yeah, reindeer poop. Yeah, okay. It's not really. Well, if you go to this one reindeer, you get a worker. You get the zelf. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the zelf. <laughs> I totally forgot about the Zelf. It's like an extra worker that you get for Just that turn. Just for that turn. And we were always grabbing that reindeer first. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So the reindeer just give you like extra resources or an extra card or an extra elf 
just for that turn. They, I mean, they, they, they kind of help your turn. And then there's a room where you do the actual building of toys. Yeah, there's a 3D printer room. Yeah, there's a room. No, I mean, you're like, you place there to... To actually make a toy. To deal with plastics. Right. Um, there's a room, it's like the room where the kids' letters come in. That's where the cards yeah. are. Um, I can't remember what all the rooms are now. There's there The rooms where you collect the different resources. Well, there's the room where you actually do the building. Yeah. There's the room where you like send them to school to learn things. Oh, so you yeah. Can, that's so you where can you buy make, the upgrades. And then you can make more of a resource in a turn. Yeah, if you prestige them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a fairly uh, entry-level worker placement Yeah, game. it is. But they've done a good job of theming it for Christmas. It's yes. got a cute little story. Uh, the art is very cute. Um, I mean, I think we made some of the story up ourselves because we found, like, there's rabbit tracks everywhere. I'm pretty sure that that was intended. I mean, I haven't talked to the person that actually made this game, but, yeah, yeah, it's it's... I wouldn't want to call them an Easter egg, but that would be too on the on the nose ha, there with ha, the pun. Ha. Yeah, I do like the uh, the turn tracker. That's like days until Christmas, and then the yeah. final like the yeah. final scoring round is December twenty fifth. Yeah, because basically you're trying to make toys to get them into Santa's sleigh and ready to deliver to the kids, and you make the toys that you're trying to make are specific to the cards that you get that you collect that are. Um, Letters from the kids saying, I want this toy. And my biggest problem with this is that it gets the um, reindeer names wrong. Does it? Yeah. What reindeer is Donner? And before everybody tweets at me, that reindeer's name is Donder. No, it's not. It's it, Donner. No, it's Donder. It is not Donder. It's Donner. Mm, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look up Donder reindeer. It is Donner reindeer. Uh-huh. Uh, mm-hmm. Originally. Oh, there's also various spellings, whether it's Blixen or Blitzen. It is Blitzen. Mm-hmm. The problem is Johnny Mark's 1949 Christmas song, Rudolph of the Red-Nosed Reindeer, where he said the name so Donner rather than Donder. According to the Wikipedia. The Wikipedia. The Wikipedia. Look, let's look um, at Snopes. Commonly cited names of the eight reindeer are Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Cupid, oh, Blixem. Donner, Blitzen. Blixem. However... There are adi- occasionally additional spellings for Donder and Blixem. Blixem, yeah. From Dutch words for thunder and lightning. Yeah, respectively. actually, originally it was Dunder. Like for Dunder, Dunder Mifflin? Dunder Mifflin, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> um, so, but I believe even if you look at... Look at Snopes.com. It tells you, it's, it's like, yep, that's true. But... <laughs> If you look at the 12 or uh, the night before, twas the night before Christmas poem, it does spell them. The original one in 1823 does spell them Dunder and Blixem. Yeah. Um, however, I would say in modern days, it's Donner and Blixem. Well, that's just because um, people, someone got it wrong and then uh, spread it. Anyway, my point is. Spell the, spell the reindeer's name right. Zelf. It is Donner mm. nowadays, so they got it right. Mm. Either spelling would be correct, I would say. Well, as a Christmas purist, and I don't know what that means. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what a Christmas purist is. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I think actually, as a person with a lot of useless 
trivial knowledge uh, that Donder and Blixum. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I remember something that was really cool about the game that you can make nicer versions of the toys using. Yeah, you can like the, get prestige versions. Yeah, like you make you make get more points or whatever um, if yeah. you make the nicer versions of the toys. But if you want to hurry up and get the toys done, you can use plastic. Yeah, you can use cheap parts. Yeah, so you know it's like the Chinese manufactured toys versus the uh, nice handmade toys. Yeah, I guess. like the bootleg ones. Yeah, so uh, you know you just gotta make sure that you put some extra. Um, uh, what is it? Mercury and. Bad things that, that are always end up yeah, in lead. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I did not know what you were trying to say. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, lead. But uh, it's I, I really like the game. I think it's pretty fun. So, um, ah, fabric, wood, and metal. Those were mm. the different. And, yeah, and the plastic was one of them. And the scores the are not prestige points. They are Christmas, Christmas cookies. cookies. That's right. So. But you could prestige your yourself. By sending him to school. Yeah. And I do remember there are three times in the game that Santa comes around and inspects yes. things. Yes. Those are the, like the scoring rounds. Yeah. So. Which are um, represented on the, the turn tracker by little sleighs. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I would say if you're looking for a fun Christmas themed game that you can play with the family, Santa's Workshop is 100% your game. And I would say if you're not looking for a fun Christmas themed board game that you can play with your family, you should still... Check it yeah, out. <laughs> I really liked it. Um, so if you like worker placements, you know, I'd say get it. Yeah, it's it's definitely cute. It is. But it's not as cute as, hey, that's my fish. That one is pretty cute. One of the worst um, setup games for oh, how much you actually get to play. Yes, it's like the quickest game. Like It takes as long to set it up as it does to play it. But Which is not always a bad thing, but... So the biggest thing that bothers me about the game is I like pieces of a game to always be straight and where I put them. And that never happens because they get, they get moved around so much with, with, Hey, that's my fish. And so I'm constantly like trying to straighten the pieces for the board. Like that. What are they? The ice. It's a nice ice, flow. Ice flow. Um, hey, that's my fish is kind of like, um, what's a good way to explain it? Uh, elimination. Like you're trying to be the last, the last penguin standing they have like so the penguins are trying to get fish and they have to move out on the, the different pieces of the ice to get the fish but the pieces of ice are going to start disappearing and you'll get to a point where you can't move a penguin right. because apparently you know in this game penguins can't swim well so you've you've got a, a grid well hexes um laid out and you yeah. and you move your penguin in a straight line you have to stop. Well, you don't have to stop, I guess. I don't know if you have to or you choose to um, on a tile that has one, two or three fish on it the, for points. And then the tile that you left disappears. So eventually you get to the point where it's like, OK, well, uh, I've been cut off from everything. I guess I live here now. Yeah. And you're basically just trying to be the one that collected the most fish before all your guys can't move anymore and are out of the game. Yes. Uh, I don't know that it's, it, it's a lot, it's a lot deeper of a game than it looks like. Cause you look at this game and you're like, all right, it's got little plastic fish. You move them around. Okay. That's Penguins, dumb. What did I say? I said fish. said fish. It's got fish. Well, I mean, it's there's pictures of fish. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry. Yes, I did mean penguins. 
but I don't know. I guess FFG publishes it now and it's like a tiny box. Yeah, it is but a pretty the small one that box. I have is like a full size game and the tiles are big and the penguins are painted. Oh, mine. Mine definitely aren't. So I it's have the newer version. I mean, it's it's a nice presentation, but I'm not familiar with the current printing other than what I just said, that it's a small, smaller box. Yeah, I've got the current printing and I've only ever played the current printing, so I can't really speak to the differences. I mean, gameplay wise, I'm sure it's exactly the same. Yeah, yeah. Um I think it's a pretty, I've played it with my nephews and they both liked it. So yeah, it's a cute little game. And the new version that you can buy now, you can just like toss it in a bag that, you know, like a woman's purse or whatever, and just have it with you to play when you visit family for the holidays. It Hmm. plays uh, two to four players. I don't know if I'd play this with family. It's a super cutthroat game. I mean, I've played it with kids. Maybe I just treat it like a cutthroat game. Maybe it's, it's really not. That maybe I shouldn't say it's a cutthroat game. It's I should say really I treat it like one. Yeah, it's not. Excuse me. It's not really that cutthroat of a game. I mean, it's just got. Um, according to BGG, it's an abstract strategy animal game. Mm. Uh, area enclosure, grid movement, and a modular board are the mechanics that are listed for this game, and I'd say that's pretty accurate. The uh, oh, so the one that I have is the Mayfair version, and it looks like that's pricey these days. Um, I mean, not not that pricey. It's like twenty euros, whatever that is in in real American dollars. Probably forty, thirty five, forty. I don't know euros off the top of my head. Fifty bucks. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, functionally, if you get the FFG version, I'm sure it's exactly the same. Yeah, I see. I see that uh, Mayfair English edition uh, for fifty dollars, fifty mm. American dollars on eBay. There you go. Or no, it's on the Geek Market. <gasps> Buy it now. Um, yeah. Otherwise, it's like fifteen dollars. Yeah, the version I have was like fifteen bucks. And there's also an app, apparently. So there's a Hey, that's my fish. That's a dollar ninety nine, and I bet you don't have to deal with any of the setup or cleanup. There is that. So check that out instead. Um, okay. So I, I have to give a little, a little bit of a, a disclaimer here. I own everything Ticket to Ride that I can get my hands on. I think we've talked about this before. <clears throat> if you are listening right now and you have the Ticket to Ride dice, I have, I don't know, three of them, but I don't have any of the other components. Um, I'll buy them from you. So tweet at us. Tweet, it, tweet, tweet me. Retweet me, and I'll uh, make you a very rich individual. Or, by, fa- or Facebook at us. Yeah, and by very rich, I mean not that rich. Um, but I'll, I'd buy it because <clears throat> it's the only thing that I'm missing. Okay. So Having with that said, that, <laughs> uh, we're gonna t- since we're doing Christmas and winter theme. Um, this one's kind of winter themed. Is it 100? Oh, you know what? The picture on the front even has a reindeer. Yeah. So, ticket to ride Nordic countries. I've been to uh, well, I haven't been to Norway, but I've been to a movie theater and I've seen Frozen. So, you know. So you've seen all of it. It's basically the same thing. Um, what I I think what you do here is you have to save Arendelle from Olaf's um, reign. <laughs> he has become crazy and taken over the countryside, and the only way to stop him is build trains. To get away from um, Olaf's evil uh, plots. Yeah. 
Yeah, they should make that addition. Or um, you have to build trains that connect Denmark, Finland, Norway, Sweden, as you travel through the great northern cities of Copenhagen, Oslo, Helsinki, and Stockholm. So, you know, (laughs) one of the two. Apparently, this version was initially only available in the Nordic countries. Yes. Yes, that is true. It's also for two or three players because the maps are set out differently. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. It's not my favorite ticket to ride. I think uh, my favorite ticket to ride is the uh, the one with the boats. So, uh, like, what I'm reading about this one is, um, unlike the USA or the European maps, this one's d- specifically designed for two to three players mm-hmm. and apparently has a heavier focus on blocking your opponent for more aggressive play. Um, yes, because there's less... In a two or three player game, there's less double tracks. Right, right. So it's uh So I think that rougher. actually sounds pretty interesting. It's like I said, it's not my favorite ticket to ride. But yeah, it's not it's not bad. I mean I guess you could uh, theoretically it would be really dumb, but I guess you could if you had trains from another ticket to ride set, you could play this one four players. I wouldn't. But I'm not you. <laughs> yeah, it's probably a bad idea. But it's got it's got some slightly different mechanics in it um, that I won't go I won't go into. But well, you might as well. What I mean, for mentioning it, there's different mechanics. What are different in this one? Well, um, in in Ticket to Ride, what's it called? Nordic countries. Nordic mm-hmm. countries. Um, well, there's snow, right? Uh huh. So. What is what is snow? I'm assuming it blocks the tracks, well, makes it hard to uh-huh. uh, travel. Sure. Um, and what, it being a Nordic country, what, what do you imagine? What do you imagine, Johnny, when you think of Norway, other than fjords, Switzerland? How about we go with Switzerland? That's a way better mountains. Mountains. I think mm. of mountains. Yes. Yes. Now, how would you, as a train, uh, tunnels? Uh huh. There you go. You got it. I think there are tunnels and other tickets. There's also ferries. Yep, I see that. Ferries. Mm -hmm. And um, so on your turn, you can take two. Not like Legend of Zelda ferries. They don't refill your heart containers. Apparently there's a special nine-length route that Uh, routes around all the mountains and stuff. Yeah, there is a longest segment of nine. The Switzerland one has a ten. Oh. Yeah. But the Nordic countries is a nine. So that's interesting. Yeah. I think it sounds kind of fun. Mm-hmm. I'd play it. Well, there you go. And there's a reindeer on the cover, so. There Great to play at Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Okay. So, yeah. Great. That was great, John D. Uh-huh. I have not played this next one. That's fair. I've only played it once, and I don't know anything about the subject material. Um, this is a stretch because this is a winter-themed game, and um, it literally the only thing that I know about this subject material is... Winter a, is coming? Yes, there's a meme. I watched one and a half episodes of this television show, Game of Thrones. That is more than I've watched. Um, yep. So go ahead and shame us. We're bad nerds. Hey, I've read one of the books. Well, pff, uh I didn't like them. I didn't like it. I am aware of Jason Momoa and his career. He's in that show, right? 
I think he was in the, like the first couple seasons. Well, there you go. See, he was um, Ronan Dex. I'm aware of him because he was Ronan <laughs> Dex, yeah, in uh, Atlantis. Yeah, that's Aquaman. Um, yeah, so Ticket to Ride uh, is really good. You should play it. Game of Thrones, I don't know. I don't know. I played it once, and I, I enjoyed it, but I think that I would have more enjoyed it if I knew who any of these people were. So you play as like one of the... So this is sorry. I just want to apologize. If you're a Game of Thrones fan, I'm about to completely ruin everything. I'm going to use some wrong terminology and uh, oops. But yeah, you play as one of the families and you it's it's risk. The great houses. Whatever. Of the seven I don't kingdoms of Westeros. <laughs> OK. And they vie for control of the Iron Throne through the use of diplomacy that's, and that's warfare. That, uh, that's the chair that's made out of swords. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's not risk, but it's it is risk. So if you are not a fan of risk and don't like any kind of war games, obviously you're not gonna like a war game that's very much like risk. Yeah, yeah. Like the mechanisms that are listed for this, um, there's quite a few. Area control, area movement. Um, apparently there's some auction and bidding that happens, hand management, uh, player elimination. That doesn't sound fun to me. Well, yeah. Because you can just and like simultaneous this, you can action selection. Yeah, there's um, there's a lot going on. Sounds like it. Sounds like maybe too much is trying getting tried to. They're trying to throw too much into one game. Well, uh, it's a very popular game. A lot of people really super like it a lot. Well, and there are expansions for it as well. Uh, a dance with dragons, a feast for crows, and this year they came out with Mother of Dragons. Ooh, um, that's uh, what's her name. Daenerys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, I see. I I know cursory things about this uh, song of ice and fire, right? That's what it's called, right? Yes, yes. See, the book series is a see, song of ice and fire. Cancel all of your angry tweets. We know everything there is to know about Game of Thrones, and in fact, um, this is now a Game of Thrones podcast. Did you see last night's episode, Johnny? <laughs> Wasn't that crazy? It was How that, so crazy. I can't believe my favorite character died. I know. They, my favorite character died too. <laughs> Great. Okay. Resume angry tweets. Yes. Um, no, I mean, it is very much like a risk type game, um, except in. So it's a dudes on a map game. Yeah. Um, there's, there's more going on than that. Um, but yeah, okay. yeah, it's dudes on a map. Well, Okay. So if you don't like dudes on a map games, then you probably won't like this one, even if you're a Game of Thrones fan. Well, I don't know. Here's here's my thoughts on that. I'm sure there are people that have bought this game because they are Game of Thrones fans. And, and maybe never played it. Right. Or have never played uh, any other board game and are super overwhelmed. That's fair. <laughs> um, but from my understanding, you, you need a full contingent of six players to this game for it to actually be any good well, well not not any good i mean it's going to take a longer but for a game that is diplomacy based you you'll need the it's it's three to six players you can't play a diplomacy style game with three players no you need a full player count yeah, in my really opinion do. i would agree tweet at us if you disagree <laughs> you know what tweet at us end of sentence yeah, or Facebook us. Well, I don't I don't have the Facebooks, but what I do have is a few acres of snow. What do you think about that, John D? Have you ever heard of that game? 
I have heard of it. Did you, you, told you heard? Me yes. That. <laughs> that was my follow up question. Although the, Did I, you heard about it from me? But it is from a very um, popular designer, Martin Wallace. Yes. Yes. This is. This is a heavy game. I was going to say, Martin Wallace tends to do heavy, yes. real heavy games. Didn't he just do um, Brass? Was that his? Well, there's a whole thing about that, about um, whether or not he was properly compensated for that game being published again. Okay. Well, I'm not talking about compensation. I'm just saying that's yes. his game. Yes. Um, how familiar are you with... Um, Canadian history. Not very. Oh, okay. Well, you're familiar that there was a thing called the French Indian war, right? I am. I am aware of that. Uh Okay. My knowledge does not go much further than being aware that that existed. And there's probably French people involved (laughs) and maybe some Indians. Well, so there was a war a long time ago between the French and the British, um, for control of Canada and um, the British won. <laughs> Did they really? Even um, though... Yeah. It, look, look, Canada, Danielle K. if you're still listening to this, I apologize for my lack of knowledge about your country. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know anything about Canada other than I, I've been there. I've been there, too. <laughs> I've been to Toronto. <laughs> yeah, I've also been to Toronto. Tor- and I've been to the Canadian side of Niagara Falls. Yes, yeah, uh-huh. That's yeah. that's what Toronto is. Well, that's that's it. That's all that Toronto is. Nah, There's nothing else there. Not really. But anyway, uh So the British took control of Quebec even though Quebec is now a French speaking country. I don't get that. Uh Canadian people can tweet at me and be like, "Duh, whatever." Mm-hmm. But um, so tell me about a few acres of snow, Jared. Um, it's not really fair to call this a deck builder because it's not, but it has some deck builder mechanics. It has some war game mechanics. There's uh, it's a Martin Wallace game, so it doesn't really fit into a cookie cutter definition of a game. Um, it's two players. It's only two players. There's well, that's no cool. there's no wiggle room there. Um, it's kind of like, um, I was going to say it's like Twilight Struggle, but it's not really, it sort of is not Twilight Imperium. Twilight Struggle. Right. The the game about the Cold War, the two player. Yes. 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 Sort of like that, except, um, Canada. (laughs) Okay. Um, I mean, there's there's a map, there's some map movement that you do, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a strategy game that has some deck builder components. Yes, and it's a Martin Wallace game, so you know there's going to be lots of cubes that you move around. So there you go. Um, it's hard to fit into any category. You know, other it than really war is. gamey strategy, a little bit of like pool management, card management. And if that theme doesn't do anything for you, he redesigned it a little bit and released it as a space game. Now, see, that perks me up a little bit. Yes, a handful of stars, um, which is not exclusively two-player. It's two to four players. But it's it's not the same game, but it's the same game. So it's a similar game. Yes. And then he also released a different game that's the same game. 
called Myth- Mythotopia. That uh, again, it's the same, the same game, but a different game. So I guess it's just kind of like, do you want a strictly two-player simulation experience, or do you want a two-to-four-player space game slash Sparta? But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about the snow one because it's because it's winter. Because it's winter. Winter. Um, um, yeah, I, I think I bought this game like pretty soon after it came out. So 2011. Y- yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, that's when it won all its awards. Mm-hmm. It won the Meeple's Choice Award, the International Gamers Award, uh, Golden Geek Most Innovative Board Game, um, Golden Geek Best War Game. Golden Geek two-player board game. Yeah. And a Charles S. Roberts best, best ancient to Napoleonic era board game war game nominee. Yeah, I don't know what that means. I but, don't uh, either. Yeah, 2011, sort of... Charles S. Roberts best, best ancient to Napoleonic era board game war game nominee. That's awful. They were a nominee in whatever that was. <laughs> Well, Charles S. Roberts, I'm sorry. I'm sure you're somewhat important. Um, I don't know what this is. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, well, got nothing. Yep. There you go. Um, but yeah, um, a few eggs just know I, I can't recommend you go out and purchase it um, because this is the kind of game that is not for everybody. But if you want to check it out on like Tabletop Simulator or watch a bunch of videos or go to your local board game cafe and read through the instruction book, I do recommend that. That's fair. So the next game we want to talk about is an actual Christmas game. We've talked about this game before. When the first Kickstarter was up, we talked about it. Um, And then it was picked up by a publisher and a new Kickstarter, I believe, was done. Uh, Maybe they might have just went straight to publishing oh, okay. but uh this is christmas lights a card game um it is now from 25th century games that's the future i when the first kickstarter was up jared and i were both backers mm-hmm. because it looks really really fun i did not realize until fairly recently that the game actually got published so i 100 percent plan on purchasing this game uh and it is on amazon for oh, 14 15 bucks. So That's I not bad. highly recommend this game. It's a pretty, it looks really fun. So you are, you know, at Christmas time, if you yep, don't no have a pre-lit Christmas tree, mm-hmm. every year you get all your Christmas lights out and they are all kinds of tangled up. And, and then you, you just set your house spend, on fire and then you <laughs> go to Walmart and you buy a pre-lit Christmas tree. Yeah. And they're a hundred dollars. Yeah. But all the, I, I remember the years where we or had Or if you're John there. Day on Black Friday, $60. Yeah. How many how many old ladies did you have to fight to get that tree? You know what? Oddly enough, it was not that busy when we went. Really? Yeah. Black Friday, Walmart. We had, we actually went late at night on Thanksgiving. <sighs> can't can't Black Friday stay on Friday? You know what? I don't care. I wanted a Christmas tree that was not expensive that looked nice. Here's so. a here's an even better idea. Um, these Black Friday prices, like I realized some. Um, some items that are on sale on Black Friday are made exclusively for Black Friday, and they're lower quality items that have a lower price point. Like, for example, those $100 Samsung TVs are not Samsung TVs. I'm aware of that. But at the same time, if you can sell a 48-inch flat-screen TV for $100 on that day, you can sell that flat screen for $100 every other day. Why can't I get a, 60, a 60-inch TV for $20, John D? I have no words. <laughs> I'm not going to bitch about 
Black Friday. <laughs> I like Black Friday. I enjoy shopping for on Black Friday, so meh. Okay, fair enough. Back to Christmas Tell me lights. about this game. <laughs> the game, the theme of the game is you're trying to untangle lights, replace the broken bulbs, and then decorate the tree. Um, you are competing with your fellow decorators to see who can do it the qu- more, most quickly. So you are swapping, um, playing, trading, and drawing cards that are your Christmas light bulbs and putting them into their own sets of lights to be the first one to complete two full sets. Uh, the, the art is exactly what you would expect it to look like. You know, it's, it's bulbs of lights and the, the cords from the bulbs go uh, in specific places. So yeah, you, have you to link the cards in. together. Yeah, you have to yeah. link the cards together. I mean, it's a real cute game. It's it's small. It's from the Kickstarter. I remember that it was a fairly quick game to play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got kind of a memory component to it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I haven't played it, but I would say if you want a Christmas game, if you want something quick, get Christmas lights. It's, it's adorable. Well, I remember from the Kickstarter that I wanted it, but I knew it was never going to fund. Yeah. Uh, having said that. I'm really glad that it got picked up. Uh, it'll be here on Friday. <laughs> well, you're, you're laughing, but I clicked. I clicked to buy now. That irritates me because I was in my head. I was like, "Oh, I could get that for Jared for Christmas." Actually, hold on. Let me change it to the house. If I send it to my house, it gets here a day quicker because I, Amazon. Yep, yep. Just changed it to a day earlier. Okay. Yeah, I don't know well, why. This is why Jared can't have nice. Presents. Now it'll be here he Thursday. Buys everything for himself. Well, you know, John D. <laughs> yes, I know. You always do that. So, um, something that a lot of people like to do at Christmas time is our a- advent calendars. And there's so oh, yeah. many different kinds of advent calendars. Yeah, give calendars. me this. Um, I remember <laughs> earlier this year, everybody went crazy because Aldi's had a wine advent calendar and apparently the thing sold out in all over the country in like a couple hours wow uh so yeah a wine advent calendar so there are all kinds of different advent calendars there's chocolate ones we got socks yeah socks ones this year so of course there's also a board game advent calendar Mm -hmm. and i've never gotten it because i always think about it after it's already completely sold out well i got it one year Uh, because it had the, uh, so, you know, the, uh, the information of what is in there is available before it comes out. You just have to like click five times. Like, yep, I want to know what, yep. I really want to know. Yes, I'm sure. Uh huh. Um, so I found out it was going to have a camel up promo or something that I super wanted. So I got it, uh, I don't know, 2016, 2015, something like that. The box is bigger than this table. But it was just a bunch of promo cards and promo expansions and stuff. Was it worth it? Absolutely. Was it games that I had? Not all of them. <laughs> um, but usually Board Game Geek sells those promos separately on their uh, on the Geek the Geek store. But you have to be fast because they sell it really quickly. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking at a list of the things that are in there this year. Yes. And they are all... Um, All German ex- games that you've never heard of. No, actually. <laughs> no, I did look at the list for this year. And yeah, there's some there's some good stuff in there. So these are all things like promos and little mini expansions and things like that. 
So the games that I've heard of listed in here, there's one for Codenames, mm-hmm. Castles of Burgundy, Dixit, mm-hmm. Great, Great Western Trail, uh, Keyflower, Luxor, um, Rajas of the Ganges, um, Spring Meadow, which is a popular new game, and uh, Wildlands are the ones that I've heard of. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another one here, but I can never pronounce the name of the game. Teotihuacan. I believe is how you say it. Teotihuacan. Yeah, um, I got the um, 2016 one that had, uh, let's see, Oracle of Delphi had that, uh, Karuba have that, Broom Service, uh, King of Tokyo. Guilds of London, Zularetto, Saboteur. Uh, there was a Mysterium promo. There was Camel Up, Ketchup Trophies, if that's what it was. Um, yeah, so, you know, if if you have a fairly large collection of board games or know someone that does, there's a good chance that at least some of these promos are going to be games that they have. Um, you know, I mean, you have to have a, I don't want to say a fairly sizable collection, you just have to have a very specific collection because it's not like, oh, they have publishers that are only publishing this one specific line of games. So if you have that one specific line of games, get this. No, it's like a lot of different publishers. Yeah. Although, I mean, judging from this year's list, there's a lot of games that have gotten pretty popular this year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, of course, they're going to these the the promos are going to be from the European versions of the games, yeah. but most in most cases they aren't very different from the English versions. Yeah, and um, don't worry if you don't know any German. The year that I got it, it had instructions in German and instructions in English for all the promos. So, and I would imagine they probably do that. Every oh, year. I would imagine so. Yes, but I I can't speak to that. I only know of twenty sixteen. Right. Right. So. Uh, apparently, this year had about fifty percent more material than last year wow. had. So, anyway, um, you know, if you can manage to get a hold of it uh, during a year, and you're, you know, you're into board games, then you know it's a pretty cool thing to do. It's a unique advent calendar. Yeah, I ordered. I I want to say I got mine from Fun Again, which doesn't help anyone now because. You know, whatever. But, you know, you can find them. You can find them either through um, occasionally a local game store or uh, an importer. Just just do like a Google search around October-ish of next year. Or go to Essen and pick one up yourself. I don't know. I'm not your dad. I can't tell you how to live your life. But what I can tell you um, that John D. can't tell you, um, rescue polar bears. Now, John D. has a conflict of interest here, so she can't talk about it. Correct. Well, she can talk about it, but she can't like tell you to buy it. So um, uh, Yeah, I won't tell you to buy the game because I do disclosure. I work for Mayday Games and the English edition, the North American English edition is is uh, published by Mayday Games. So as long as everybody that is listening is aware that John D works for the company that publishes this the game. Pub- wow. Pub- 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 um, yeah, we can talk about it. 
but just everyone is aware. There's no funny business going on here. But, you know, I can tell you, I will not tell you that you should buy it or you shouldn't buy it. Um, I can tell you, I can tell you all day. Do you like Pandemic? Do you wish that Pandemic was about cute polar bears that are dying because... Oh my God, they are not dying. Jondi. What? Only... In real life, polar bears are dying because... That is true. uh, A a controversial topic called climate change. (laughs) Climate change, whatever. Um, So rescue polar bears. You are trying to rescue, like keep polar bears, the ice from melting underneath the polar bears. If it does and the polar bear fall in the ocean, there are helicopters that come and rescue them. Um, If at some point (laughs) a polar bear falls into the water and there are no helicopter tokens then the game's over. Yeah. Uh, that polar bear swims away. Uh, no, no. <laughs> um, the way to win the game is by collecting 20 data tokens. It's really hard. It is really hard. Uh, so you, the data tokens are supposed to represent um, researching climate change. And it is every round, the temperature is likely going to rise. Yes. Um, you're going to be bringing out new... Um, polar bears every time there's a they breed they do it's really funny you have to it's it's hard to you have to like think about like okay well we got a mommy polar bear and a daddy polar bear on the same tile here they're gonna make a baby polar bear yes you put two daddy polar bears together they're fine you're not allowed to put two you're not allowed the the, you can only have one male one female and two babies you can only have four bears on a on a tile john d come on don't don't push your agenda on these polar bears anyway if um during that round, if there's a mama polar bear, mm-hmm. then you add a papa polar bear. Mm-hmm. If there, she's attracting a mate, or vice versa. If there's a papa, then you put a mama. If there are t- only two baby, or if there are babies, then the babies grow up. Yeah, it, so it gets out of control really quickly. It does if you're not managing them. And um, if you have to place a polar bear, and there are already the maximum number of polar bears on that tile, the ice caps melt and you lose. No. The, then the bears have to scatter. Yeah, they go like to they the go adjacent, to tiles adjacent tiles and they spread. It, it's very much the same mechanic of like the disease cubes spreading. Yeah. And just pandemic. because ice breaks and there's polar bears on it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to fall in the water. If there are adjacent tiles that are not full at that time, then again, they will scatter to those tiles. And you have six helicopter tokens. So up to six, I mean, six times you can have them have no place yeah. to go. But... Uh, the, the, it's, mm, I lost it's the game in difficult. three rounds once. Well, so what I do like is, um, the, 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 the ships that you have as, as players have slightly different powers. They do. Um, some Which, of them are arguably better than others. But it, it, if you work with the other players and all kind of, you know, use those abilities together, then you have better chances. Yes. Yes. It's just like in pandemic, like obviously the medic with epidemiologist or whatever is super strong, super overpowered. Like you just stand there you keep everything from spawning and what does spawn, I'll just walk around and clean it up. Mm -hmm. Like those are better than like, Oh, I'm the, the field specialist. Um, I can cure a disease with one less, uh, disease card. Like that's good. If it's in a team with, other, other people yes. that have and that's not what feels special i don't i'm just saying things about pandemic off the top of my head so um if you want to get a really good feel of this game before you buy it cuz it is a 60 dollar game unless you find it uh, somewhere less expensive less expensive 
Watch Table for Two has a really good mm-hmm. episode where they do a playthrough of the game and you get a really, really good idea of how the game works if you watch our friends with Table for Two. Yeah, um, I will put a link uh, in the episode notes. Uh, and as I've said before, I don't know what things look like if you're listening to them on your phone through Google or um, through iTunes. So uh, you got to go to our website and you got to look at the episode notes because... I don't know if there are episode notes uh, on other things. Sorry, I don't listen to this podcast. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So, you know, we're not really going to talk about in detail any other games. There are a few other Christmas games that... Yeah, like Santa's Bag or whatever that was uh, called. Santa's Letters? Yeah. Oh, no, Letters from Santa. Letters to Santa, which is... uh, It's Love Letter, but Um, Santa. And and there's one called 12 Days. Uh, uh Uh-huh. Which is a Uh, trick-taking game, I think. I've played that one. Uh... I think I saw a handful of other ones that... There was that Hidden Rolls one that you couldn't so remember? So I can't remember the name of it. To just today, I saw... I think it was a reviewer on Facebook posted about a... I assume that it's new? Hidden Roll Christmas-themed game where you're trying to ascertain who your secret Santa is. So if you can remember that, it's been driving John D. crazy. It, and it's just been driving tweet, me crazy. tweeted her. Uh, I'm a big Christmas... Like, I... Love Christmas stuff, so I really want to buy this game. I have big Christmas. Um, I want to get the game, but I cannot remember what it was called unless I just completely made it up in my head. But I'm 99.999% sure that I did see this. Wow, that's pretty pretty positive. Um, Okay, well, so um, guess what, guys? Uh, Big news, big announcement. Everybody pay attention real quick. Roll that the, the drum roll, please. Johnny, no, yep, she did it. Johnny has a recipe. So we aren't of. really doing recipes anymore. Uh, but it's Christmas time or holiday time, depending on what holiday you celebrate. But uh, I really think that uh, during the holidays, if you're going to get together and play games, everybody should kind of do like a potluck, bring stuff. But you know, you still want to look for things that you can eat. Without, like, getting stuff all over the games. Right. And also, I want to point out, before you guys freak out, um, I realize the CDC has said not to eat raw cookie dough. But this John is, D, There's no raw cookie dough John in D this. Has, <laughs> oh, my God. John D has assured me, and now that she has assured you, that despite the name of this, there's no cookie dough. So it is a, it's called chocolate chip cookie dough dip. There is no cookie dough in the dip whatsoever. It just consists of, I believe it's, yeah. Raw it's eggs. Butter, cream cheese, brown sugar, vanilla extract, powdered sugar, cho- and chocolate chips. Okay, sure. There's, yeah, that's fine. There's no, there's no raw eggs in that. And then, you know, you mix it up. It's really, really easy and quick to make. You can make it in like 15 minutes uh, with a stand mixer or an electric hand mixer. And then you serve it with graham crackers or vanilla wafers or both. And it's really good. And it's so easy to make. And you can sit around and eat it while you're playing games. And it's not going to make the game get all mess messy. So, yeah. Or if you're if you're going somewhere and you're not going to be playing games, but you just want to bring something to a potluck or whatever, you can throw this together. It's inexpensive. And everybody will love it. Um, well, there you go. Uh Chocolate chip cookie dough, not including cookie dough dip. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Uh, Well, we're going to make up for that by having a a bunch of Kickstarters to talk about. Yes. 
Um, the first one is a game that I have been seeing a lot of buzz about for a while. So they've done a fantastic job of promoting it before the Kickstarter. And I've already backed it. It's called Chai. It is, as you would guess, it is a tea-themed board game where you're combining tea flavors to make your to make the perfect blend of tea. So that's real cute. It's it's the art is really cool, um, and like I said, I have seen a lot of people talking about this game leading up to the Kickstarter. So. Everybody I have seen that has played it have said that they really liked the game. Uh, it really reminds me of, um, oh, what's that hotel game? Hotel game? Monopoly? No. Um, there's a there's a board game where you work at a hotel and it's like a worker placement game. But you, you, there's cubes, and you serve tea and cake. I'm gonna look it up. You talk about this chai game. I'm gonna show. Okay. You, oh, Grand Austria Hotel. I, f I immediately found it. <laughs> well, the chai game, it's got some card drafting and some set collection in it. Mm -hmm. um, so, as a tea merchant, um, you can do one of the following. I believe on your turn, um, you can visit the market to get gold coins and select a, uh, a tea a f tea flavor tile. And it says that there's mint, jasmine, lemon, ginger, berry, and lavender. Hmm. Um, and you add that to your tea box. You can select additives like milk, sugar, honey, vanilla, and chai spices. Um, or you can reserve a customer. So the cust you, you can get a customer card from a pool of customer cards that are, um, you can either draw from a draw deck or there's visible cards. And then... Um, I believe that these are customers that you have to fulfill whatever kind of tea that they want, but you can only have three unfulfilled customer cards at any time. So the game's played in five rounds. So it, I don't think it's a terribly long game. It's three to five players. And at the end of the game, who, whoever filled the most orders and most diverse tea recipes wins the game. Okay. Mm. Now, it comes to the teacup. It comes to some teacups. I assume these are not functional and they're just. Yeah, I would say that they're not cute. They're just but it's hard to tell because this is a rendering. This isn't an actual photograph that I'm looking at here. It's just a 3D render. Yeah. So this game, this Kickstarter does things. It does a thing that I've talked about before. There's a retail version and there's the deluxe edition. Yes. It's $9 more to get the deluxe edition. And we've already discussed where we Kickstarter. think you should always. People, stop doing this. Stop doing this. If if the difference between your retail version, your quote unquote retail version, and your Kickstarter version. Who's buying, who's backing these Kickstarters at the non-deluxe edition for $9 less? Who's doing this? I don't know. There's 43 people. Who, who are you people? Honestly, it depends. If, you, if you're in a country where the shipping is crazy, that $9 might make a big difference. It might. I, um, I always, if it's not a big jump, I will always back the deluxe edition. Yeah. And it would make sense, at least to me, if you are running Kickstarters, just for Kickstarter, offer your Kickstarter edition 
only. Yeah, yes, exactly. Like, it's fine to have a retail version of a, of a Absolutely. game. Absolutely. And again, we've talked about how I don't like um, gameplay-related Kickstarter exclusives. Like, alternate art cards are fine, whatever. Do a, a, a custom sleeve for your box, sure, fine, whatever. Um, I, the deluxe edition on this has, has metal, metal coins, coins which, is, which is cool. That's a nice... Th- that's fine. You know, instead of having the cardboard coins to do metal coins, sure, I'm okay with that. So at like least it upgraded didn't... upgraded components or, yeah. you know, alternate art, adding foil or something like that. Those things are all fine. Because here's the problem. You know, I mean, these board games are already essentially limited time only things. Like just board games in general. So if someone's getting into the hobby five years from now, can you imagine someone that like just today discovered Zombicide and it's their favorite game they've ever played and they want to get all of it? Can you imagine that nightmare of them trying to chase that all down? No. I mean, the, the, the board gaming, the hobby is supposed to be inclusive. The best way to be inclusive is to stop doing these unobtainable promo things. That's my opinion. I don't mind it so much. If it's not gameplay related, I don't mind. I don't even mind it. I like it. There are companies out there that will have these like promos or Kickstarter things and they have enough printed that they can, so you won't see it in retail stores. Right. If it's available can, at like a, a booth at a yeah, convention. Yeah. If you can get it from yeah. their booth or directly from their website. Or from store. their website. I yeah. am fine with that. As long as until they run out of them, you can still get it. Sure. I don't expect the companies to reprint those promos when they're out, they're out. But I have no problem with these, you know, Kickstarter additional promos as long as they make them available at least at conventions or something like that. So it's not completely impossible if you miss. Oh, you missed the Kickstarter. Well, you will only ever be able to buy half of the game now. Like that just doesn't seem necessarily. I mean, as long as the promos. I think I'm just calling out Cool Mini. I think I'm. I think I'm just calling out. You are just calling out Simon because most of the other companies they either (laughs) they just add one, you know, a couple promo cards that you don't necessarily need for the game right right um or they're just fun you know additional things you can get and most of those companies will have them available at conventions i or like on foil website. boxes i like foil boxes. stuff like that like oh you ran a kickstarter and you printed all of the backer names on the insert cool i'm gonna throw that insert away but if it has my name on it maybe i'll like i'll be like oh cool i, I helped make this yeah. And everyone else that got a copy of this game yeah. will know that I helped I like, make this. I like upgraded uh, components, like mm-hmm. a better box, uh, thicker cards, linen cards, um, foil cards, foil boxes, um, metal Sorry, coins. you didn't buy this game during the two-week period where you could get yeah. an alternate art card. I Fine. really like it when they have like specialized first-player tokens, yeah. if that's a thing. Yeah, those are cool. Because um, I, I remember if you got... The Scarlet Pimpernel on Kickstarter. Oh, um, it had the little... The guillotine? Yeah. Did yeah. that game ever ship? It, no, it hasn't shipped I didn't yet. think it had. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't mind Kickstarter promos and stuff like that, as long as they aren't... You can only ever get this if you back the Kickstarter. If it's not like some huge game, but like, oh, the fifth player the fifth player expansion is only available on Kickstarter. Yeah, that's rolled down. Great. Well, then I, I'm glad I only have three friends. I mean... Yeah. I don't know. Well, anyway, okay. sorry. This game looks really cool. <laughs> Chai does look really cool. I'm already a backer. And as an avid coffee and tea drinker, uh, I think this looks really cool. Yeah, you should 100% back it. But that's not the only thing that we have. We also have one that's thematically appropriate for this episode. Yes. Or 
maybe not thematically appropriate for this um, episode. But the third, the third one I have listed there was supposed to be in the list of games, but it's not a Kickstarter. Oh. But anyway, um, Treadles on the Tree. Yes. <clears throat> so um, let's let's do a little bit of a, a backstory here. Um, the guy that played Robbie Rotten in Lazy Town who uh, did not survive his cancer, um, wanted, uh, Stefan Carl, wanted to make a animated TV show called The Treatles. Um, if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about, it's the We Are Number One guy. Uh, that's probably, uh, unfortunately, more... Uh, he, he's more known for that these days than any other song that he did on Lazy Town. Um, but unfortunately, he uh, passed away from cancer, so he never really got anywhere with it. So someone got a hold of this license and is turning it into a Christmas themed board game. <laughs> it's real cute. Yeah, the the art is very it's very interesting. Um, it's cute. It is. It is. It's just a little it's a little weird looking. Um, but yeah, it's it's. Again, I haven't played this, so I'm going to say something that is probably kind of dumb sounding. It's like Cubert. So basically, does that make sense, Johnny? Maybe you you have movement dice that are colored dice. Yeah, you roll them. You move your treadle, which is your little dude. You move him to the tree. You choose where you want to move. You're trying to light the star on the top of the tree. Yes, you, and you it gotta is find a the wackadoo. Yeah, it is a. <laughs> It is a cooperative game, and there are five star points that you have to light yes. on the tree. Star, uh, on the tree, so it's not like, oh, I got to the top of the tree. Here's the star. Uh, there are five different points that have to be added, um, and it looks like it's pretty, pretty easy. It's, to this play is a it. family game. Yeah, it says the ages are five plus. Yeah. So, and it says it's a ten minute game. Yeah, it's so you win by finding the wackadoo, defeating the wackadoo, and retrieving a star point. And if you get five star points, you win. You lose by if you search the Christmas tree and you don't find the wackadoo, uh, and you find an ornament. And if you find twenty five ornaments, uh, you lose. So don't expect any super deep strategic gameplay no, here it's basically a memory and movement dice game the dice are yes. cute they're like they have candy on them and yeah there's like a candy cane and an ornament and a snowflake so yeah, yeah it's 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 a cooperative it is a family timed game christmas game yes and it is timed you have 10 minutes to do what you need to do i haven't played the game but i would guess if you're playing with really young players you could probably yeah, you could probably not worry bit. about the time as much. That, that's what my guess is. I haven't played the game, so I don't know that that is something that is a that yeah you can one hundred percent do. But I would guess that if you're playing with very very young players and they need help and the time restraint is an issue, you probably can just expand it. Maybe I don't know. But yeah, it's it's real cute. Yeah, hopefully it gets funded. Um, usually, if we pick a like to talk about a Kickstarter here, it's one that's like, oh, this is one million percent funded. This is definitely happening. Um, this one, not so much. They're like fifteen percent right now. So well, and this is a very bare bones uh, Kickstarter. Yes, there are no stretch goals. Um, there's no like deluxe version of the game. It's just, hey, here's this game that we want to make. It's thirty bucks. Mm-hmm. We're not going to be offering anything super special. It's just a cute $30 game. No stretch goals. 
help support us so we can make this game. Yeah. That's pretty much all that's to it. Like what Kickstarter was supposed to be from the beginning. Um, they don't have any actual reviews of the game at all. Well, it, yeah. I mean, it, it launched about a week ago and it's, it's not moving as quickly as, uh, maybe it could be, um, miniature market sent out, uh, some information about it in their newsletter. So hopefully that will maybe help, uh, maybe gain a little bit of traction, but yeah, I'm a backer. Um, uh, I watched, um, I haven't seen every episode of Lazy Town, but I've I've seen a fair number of episodes of Lazy Town. It was a it was a, a cool meme show to watch like ten years ago, um, and also the the TV and like the student lounge was uh, could only get three channels, and Nickelodeon was one of them. So we watched a lot of Nick Junior <laughs> between classes, and Lazy Town was almost always on. So you know, uh, Robbie Rotten. Rest in peace, buddy. <laughs> Check it out. There's going to be links in the Kickstarter to the episode description or whatever I'm trying to say. <clears throat> well, Johnny, how do you think that went? You think that was <clears throat> worth I, listening to? <laughs> you know what? I, if I was looking for Christmas and winter themed games, I think it was a pretty decent episode. Yeah. So honestly, there's not this. There's not a lot of them. I mean, there are more I mean, Christmas-themed games, but, but they're all, like, like pretty old. Yeah, like, there's, there's a not Chipmunks good quality one. ones. Yeah, there's, like, a Chipmunks one. Um, there's some rolling moves that I found that were yeah. winter-themed or Christmas-themed. Um, but, like, modern board I really gaming. think that it's a theme that really could be explored more. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we had to we had to stretch it with some of these games. But, yeah, I, I, think, I think that if Christmas is your favorite holiday... Um, and you really like snow and stuff, just check a few of them out. I mean, I realize one of them's not a game. It's, it's an advent Bad calendar, calendar but. but, but yeah, uh, yeah, you have my recommendation on all of these games. Um, unfortunately, John D can't say the same for all of them, not all of them, but, but yeah, go play some of these games over your, your holiday break. Uh, Tweet at us. Tell us if we've forgotten any Christmas games that you really like. Yeah, and I tried really hard to find like a Hanukkah game. I tried really hard to find one. Um, I mean, Dreidel, but that's not. I mean, that is a game, but it's not a game. So if you know of a good Hanukkah game, please let me know and I'll check it out. But until next time, John D. You can eat chit and dice. is an independent production of Swin Media and is distributed under a Creative Commons license. Attribution, non-commercial, share alike, 4.0 international.